Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is October 21st, and this is episode 117. And we have a special guest coming in to talk with us today about all of his bearish sentimental ideas. Welcome, Jay. We haven't had you on the podcast in a while. Hopefully you are well, my friend. I'm happy to be here. You know, I think I'm I'm going to change my name around here. You know, I've heard Jay Bear and all those wonderful names, you know. But, uh, you know, I just call me Grizzly these days because it's like, I just can't stop being bearish, man, I tell you. But nah, I've, I've, got, <laughs> I've got some news both directions. I, we'll make it exciting. Excellent. Well, we're very excited to have you on and hear your thoughts about the, uh, the current environments, as always, for sure. Um, and yeah, we'll bring him in in a couple minutes here, guys. We'll do our average uh, standard routine going over and looking at our current market environments as of right now. Taking a look at some of our midterm macro charts and such, we spoke about the four-day on the last podcast, and we have ended up closing with our green dots on both ETH and Bitcoin. So good signs in that aspect. The money flow started to kind of turn back down again. Unfortunate for us, nothing concrete as of yet. We still have two days before this close happens. The money flow could inevitably turn itself back up. Over the weekend, as we do have continuous building of bullish divergences in these ranges, something important that we're going to point out today is the relationship between the S&P 500 and the prices of the cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin right now. Yeah, with that being said, uh, moving down into our dailies, we can see not a whole ton, unfortunately. Again, everything is just not looking fantastic in these midterm macros. Shorter terms are starting to pick up, but the midterm macros haven't really had a chance yet because we got pushed down the last two days to really show any signs of confirmation of continuing up. If we're going to continue with the shorter term timeframes turning around as we're seeing on the four hour, the six hour, and soon potentially to be the 12 hour, that should move itself into the daily. And potentially by Monday, we have a bullish candle, maybe even a potentially a triple confirmation back up. And we'll have to go from there. It's hard to say at this current point in time. Um, we know that we're still continuing to range, as we've been speaking about in the last couple of sessions, between the uh, 18,600 level and right around the 20,000, 20,200 level. And until we have a concrete close above or below these levels, we don't have any confirmation of direction in that midterm macro as of yet. Um, so yeah, Bitcoin fairly sideways again today in the last day. Nothing really has changed here other than again when we push ourselves down into our four-hour time frame, we can see that we tried to have some sort of potential breakdown over last night at around 2 a.m. my time and uh, completely was bought up again under 19,000 and now have since confirmed a TC back up into the four hour, both on ETH and BTC, continuing to sit at 19,200 and 1,300 on ETH. So again, you know, if these continue over the next couple of days, it may push into something more than just a short term uh, range type of move. We can we know that we continue to build 
bullish divergences in these time frames as we have been for the last month straight. And again, until we have a full-on confirmation of breakout, whether that's up or down, there's no real confirmation of direction at the moment. We had some really good stuff happening over on our S&P today and yesterday, as well as our U.S. tenure in Dixie. We were starting to break through a critical resistance level last night on the Dixie. We got up to about 114 right on the dot and completely rejected it, pushing ourselves back into that triangle, back below that critical resistance level and are now sitting back at the bottom of support. Um, we can see that we are pushing through the support in the current moment, sitting at about 111.8. We still have a critical more. So I would say that the 112 level is our key support in the short term, and 111 is going to be our major support. We can see that when we have broken this in the last couple terms, we come down to the major support. And as of right now, we've held each time that we have come down. So right now it's sitting at about 111. So the most important thing on our Dixie is to get down to about around 111, hopefully get a close below 111, which should trigger us back towards hopefully 1089 or 109. That would be a very good sign potentially to then get a retest of 111. If we see a rejection in that level, we should see continuation to the downside in at least our Dixie. Our US tenure is quite lagged behind our Dixie here, but is showing signs of the exact same results. Essentially, we've stacked another divergence on this top, even though we've pushed higher at the 4.3% level and we have confirmed in our shorter term time frames, two hour, one hour, R triple confirmed back down. Four hour hasn't had enough time yet to see triple confirmation. But as we can see, we've confirmed a red dot on our market liberator. Money flow is showing signs of topping out with divergence. And divergence is stacked up from our highs of September 27th. So it's looking good to get continuation down. And I know we've been talking about this what feels like forever. But this is just a lot of times how these traditional markets go. They always tend to kind of kick the can as long as they can. They always, you know, quote unquote, manipulate the prices to continue going in that direction as far as they can. They continue to squeeze until there's nothing left. There's absolutely nothing left. Because when you're dealing with such low percentages of moves on a general basis and everyone's looking to take profits in inner day trade, this is what happens. You know, they're they're looking to squeeze every ounce of of that small percent out that they can. So we're continuing to see the trend, continuing to top out and try and shift around. We just haven't seen any confirmations in our higher time frames yet. But we're looking good to get this pivotal point here where the eight hour money flow pointing right down, red dot at almost the 86% level percentile of the market liberator. And again, just divergences across the board. S&P sitting at 3750. We know that last week when Bitcoin was still at 19200, we were sitting closer to 3580. So we're almost 150, 200 points higher than we were. And we're still at the same Bitcoin price. So either Bitcoin is about to snap around we should be trading closer and into 20k right now, or the S&P is going to completely reject again off of these local highs sitting right around 3800. And, you know, Bitcoin's just maybe has some forefrontal knowledge that that's what the S&P was planning all along. You know, 
Bitcoin's maybe not as easily fooled by what's happening here. But as far as this goes with the S&P, we do have some confluence to say that it's going to try and break up on Monday. That being that the money flow bounced off the zero line is turning back into the green. We have bullish divergence and potential convergence here. We have market structure lining up with that converging wave bottom at around 36.50 and potential for some sort of inverted head and shoulders here, potentially coming into next week. We have a bunch of options closing. I believe uh, it was either today or as of next week at the end of the month. Uh, a lot of put options expiring, especially. So it'll be interesting to see how that lays out because yeah, a lot of the market's been bearish the entire time. And really, I mean, the time to be bearish was at the previous highs on the last local uh, lower high rejection of 4,200. So is this the time to be bullish? We're continuing to potentially see these signs. That's what I believe in the back of my mind that's going to happen. Nothing in my technical analysis has really changed, even though we've been just continuing to consolidate at these levels and these prices for what feels like forever. You know, the fact that we haven't had some sort of major crackdown, not a ton of sell volume coming in overall, and everyone in their dog is bearish. You know, you have to kind of look at that from a different perspective than the average person and say, hmm, well, if everyone is bearish and everyone's telling you that we're just going into recession, even though we've technically been in a technical recession for almost eight months, you know, there's something wrong with that picture. And you know, in my mind, it makes sense that we would have some sort of midterm spike up, squeeze, kick everyone out of their positions or force them to close, which also continues to push prices up. And from there, if we can, you know, if we get another lower high, it confirms that the bearish market structure is not done and we're probably going to get continuation down. But it's just a matter of we haven't retested any of the uh, major or key level resistances in a long time. And that's what it feels like we need to do. So with all that said, I'd love to grab Jay's opinion on the market conditions. We haven't spoken to Jay in a matter of probably a month or so. And we know that the last time we spoke with him, he was quite bearish on uh, the current environment at the time. And yeah, Jay, I'd love to hear your uh, current outlook on everything. Yeah, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, it's been a little while, huh? And uh, you know, I know it's funny. I think the price is exactly where it was a month ago. <laughs> it, 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 it exactly is. Yeah, everyone's like, hey, man, yeah, I love crypto and Bitcoin. It's so volatile, man. You can make so much money. Yeah. Uh, no, not right now. Right. But tell you what, though, this is time well spent for those that are taking the time to still be involved instead of just getting bored and being like a 2022 person that watches TikTok all day, right? Instead, you sit there and try and pay attention and understand the dynamics underneath everything, you know, and that, that's what we do here, you know, and uh, what we talk about. It's what you talk about every podcast, you know, and uh, why, why we do this is because we know the greater potential and if you stick around, those are the people that are going to end up doing those. those are the, that, that's the smart money, right? That's the goal to be the smart money. So uh, a couple of things I'm kind of wondering about here. Uh, and I, I'm just curious. I, I thought it'd be a little more fun to have a little q and I guess. Because, well, first, I'll, I'll tell you, my TA really hasn't changed from, I don't know, July. And I'm seeing either upside to around maybe 28,000. 
That'd be about a 40, 45% move from here. Actually, about 50% from here. I'm seeing downside to eh, maybe you're on 12,000, which would be about a 40% drop from here. So mm -hmm. imminent movement, which we've been saying forever, but now it's actually really starting to make sense because the even the higher time frames, like the weekly, the four-day, the two-day, are actually really starting to show, okay, something's coming here. Our volatility is at its lowest. Uh, you know, there, there's a move coming. And just to what direction, right? A couple thoughts I have is, you know, if, if we're going to, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but of course, not everyone listens to every podcast. If you don't listen to every podcast, you're clearly missing out. I don't know what you do with your life, but, uh, you know, you're definitely making wrong decisions there. You should definitely listen to these podcasts. Three but, times a week, baby. Monday, yeah, Wednesday, come Friday. On now. What are you possibly doing with your life that's more important than listening to this? So I tell you what. I'm, I'm, I, I still think there's going to be some sort of like fake out before the real move. You know how that mm -hmm. goes. It's mm -hmm. just like when we went up to the 69,000 all time high, right? We hit like 65K, pulled back for about a week and a half and rested at like the low 60s, high 50s. Gave it that one last little push up to 69 before coming down, right? That last little, and I always do this. It, it's, it's that weird noise. I love to make the, right? That last little push, right? I'm kind of wondering, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. I, if we were to lean up or uh, move up to like about 28, 30, we could go higher than that. Of course, it's always possible, right? But I, but I see that as definitely a major resistance. We will probably pull back from first before continuation. Do you think we're going to get some sort of push down first, or do you think we've exhausted enough already and we actually have enough fuel right because you need that rocket fuel you always talk about rocket fuel that those are your terms and i'll never forget that right you need the rocket fuel to do the big move so do you think that we need to have a push down first before we get the push up or do you think we have enough fuel already saved up and sellers are exhausted enough to where it'll actually just do it you know maybe from here even well, it's it's definitely in the cards. It's it's it is likely that we do need some sort of capitulation, push down, maybe even just to our wick lows going back into June, um, sitting around the seventeen six hundred, seventeen five hundred. That's very very possible. You know, it's it it it's it's rare that it doesn't capitulate first before absolutely exploding. You know, maybe some sort of fractal of what we just had on the last Thursday's uh, open, essentially, right? Some sort of crazy wick. It's all completely bought up within a couple hours, depending on the, the scale of the time frame. Maybe this happens over the course of a day or so. And maybe even we push a little bit lower to get a very clear bullish divergence, again, within our four-day or something of that significant time frame-wise um, type of deal. But at the same time, we have continued to bounce along this bottom for so long now, you know, almost a month and a half straight, where there is the potential that we don't need to do that because you're right, like we have seen exhaustion within the sellers and the bears uh, at this range level of 19,000. And maybe they try and get it down into these levels, but I just, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying like the buy pressure under 19,000 is massive you know looking at exo charts there is a good amount of 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 hidden orders 
limit orders in that area. And I just don't know if there's going to be enough sell volume unless this is the plan otherwise to to do so. You know what I mean? So I would say it's about a 50-50% chance. But if it does try and slam down and the volume comes in and is is bought up very soon, you know, and you're looking right back at 19K, I would say that that would be the ideal buying opportunity. You know, at the moment, it's still in a in an environment where it's it's good to have those starting entries, but also being aware that it could spike down quickly. You know, potentially yeah. as low as sixteen thousand yeah. five hundred type of deal. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything more than sixteen five is in the cards at this point. Okay. Okay. And one thing I did want to bring up though, because you know how I like to invert the chart and just look at it in the other direction, right? It helps remove bias. I think because sometimes people are better looking at a chart and judging things when it's going up or when it's going down, right? All you got to do is invert it and you can keep that bias, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to help your decision making. And I got a couple more questions about this because I, I always value your input on this. You're always giving, you know, data behind your your opinion. So when you saw 6K back in 2018 and mm-hmm. we sat there and hovered at 6K, we bounced up. Okay, and then we bounced back down to six. Bounced up, a smaller bounce, back down. Another one, back down. Smaller, 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 right? It was just a descending triangle that eventually broke down to the bottom. How is what we're doing right now not the same situation as 6K when nine, as 18 or 19 is like the old 6K? Oh, well, I mean, there really isn't that big of a difference. It is, it is absolutely the same and just what people... Uh, tend to forget is that these types of triangles don't really have, uh, you know, a majority percent of in the direction that they break. They're, it's it's almost always a 50-50 chance of where they go, you know, and just because it's 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 played out in history doesn't mean it has to play out exactly the same way. You know, if everyone's expecting it to to drop down towards 16.5 or whatever, you know, that's then that that actually leaves the possibility of it happening at a lower percentile, I would say. Makes sense. Yeah. And 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 this this is actually kind of all culminating in, in a thought here that uh, after after all this time, all these months of looking at this and it's just now coming to me here, how often does a triangle break out and the first breakout is just complete BS? Right? Oh, it's the fake out breakout. So Right, right. So if we get a break, a descending triangle breakdown, everyone and their mother sells in shorts. It's a fake out, gets bought up, hits around that 16, 15K like you were saying. Right there, maybe we get a wick, you know, phantom wick down to there. It's a fake out, gets sucked back up into the triangle, and then heads up from there. Then that turns into the ultimate bull, like uh, bear market rally bull trap to then maybe lead us down. Because I will say, I still firmly believe we're going to revisit 12, 11, right in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sticking to that until I truly see otherwise, but that could be a long time from now, right? So how are we going to play that out? There's lots of trades to be had, of course, and I'll take a 50% trade, you know, in the meanwhile, of course, and then, hey, if it comes down there, great. But yeah, maybe we get that fake out breakdown of this descending triangle, and then everyone thinks that it's going to play out just like 2018, where it just keeps going down and down and then slowly comes out. Instead, it does the fake out, pops back up to 19, like you said. And then from there, we find support, and then it just starts climbing up, and we just squeeze the crap out of some short. What do you think? Well, so in almost every occasion, if we're looking at Dixie, this is a great example 
of of something that we could potentially see coming out of that triangle is that you always have this first fake out to the upside then the fake out to the downside and it's almost it's almost always a double ended fake out right as people like to call it a a death doji or a phantom doji you know where it like let's say we come up to 20k over the weekend we get completely rejected on monday we slam down to 17500 and then by tuesday or wednesday we're trading back at 19 i would say that that would be a you know a perfect situation in in the sense that if if we're looking for that smash and breakthrough 20 you know we we need to see volume and momentum and volatility stacked in behind it if we don't get it on that first push to 20 then the more likelihood is that we will get slammed down hard they'll try and you know they'll try and break it up it'll fail they'll smash it down as hard as they can if that fails then it it's it's literally a slingshot you know it 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 didn't fire the first time it didn't fire the second time well by the third shot there's so much built up momentum and and just stacked up volume ready to go that it absolutely smashes through the level and that's like i said if we're looking at dixie here this is what's happened even though it's a very small time frame it's the exact same pattern that we would be expecting in the mid-range bitcoin chart right fail break to the upside smash down broke through support and i did invert this right because obviously it broke down today you know we had a very hard push and then exactly that v shaped recovery smashed back through support and now is trading above the first end of the triangle and that's exactly what we would want to see if you're going to get that capitulation if we get to 20 and we just trade through sideways we don't get some sort of immediate rejection then potentially that move doesn't come and it just it just kind of chops through sideways and then pushes through does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense, man. Yeah, it could just be the <laughs> the double fake out, enter the range again, get them bored again, and then the real move. Yeah, I, I I really do think it comes down to these two charts here, the Dixie and the US-10. Because yes, we've continued to reject, but we haven't seen a true, like hard as heck rejection off of these charts. In Bitcoin, it's just like, I'm not moving until there is, you know, for sure confirmation. like of everything that's going on in the economy. Because, you know, like I said, the S&P normally correlates with Bitcoin price. And for us to have last week been trading at 35.80 and now sitting at 37.50 in Bitcoin price is, is literally at the exact same level is just is raising, you know, it's it's making me raise my eyebrows and ask questions like, hmm, how can we be trading, you know, $170 higher or 170 points higher, sorry, on the S&P, and Bitcoin's still at the same price range or level. You know, and I think it's really because right. Dixie's still sitting at 111 or 112, and the, and the US 10 is still sitting around 4%, which is, which is where we were when Bitcoin was at 19,200 last week. I think my, my opinion on that is, so, because it's like the retail trader... Yeah, okay, crypto in 2018, a lot of people got involved, you know, like yourself and a lot of other people, you know, like really started getting in depth with it, you know, and that that was a little before my time. I was uh, middle of 2020, pretty end of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. But there's so many retail traders that were like, I guess you could say born, you know, during this time frame. And 
Uh, a lot of people like myself and any others that join in this most recent market really want to understand this market, you know? And uh, it's like, it's like people are almost smarter in a way while being dumber because they're looking at crypto as the riskiest asset in a way, right? Because I mean, it, it kind of is, you know, in a way that with risk comes reward. But, you know, I think people are viewing it as the highest risk. So even when something like the S&P is pumping some, crypto is lagging because people are still unsure about it. They're, they're, they feel more comfortable buying stocks than they are comfortable buying crypto. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just proving like what you're talking about, these pumps, you know, and how crypto still lags. And you even look at like the total three chart where all of the altcoins that's lagging behind Bitcoin a little bit too. The dominance has been slow, but surely creeping up for Bitcoin slowly, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just proving to me more and more the average traders like sentiment towards crypto is still that it's a very high risk asset, which, you know, with risk comes reward, of course. But I mean, I would agree with that, but it's also causing hesitancy in the market. So it, it'll be interesting when we actually start getting a move you know, and, and how they're going to respond. So I, I want to say one thing with that. Something I was told a long time ago by a very, very smart, well-off trader is that retail does not move the market. Retailers react to the market. Smart money and the institutions and the funds are the, are the ones who start every instance of bull market that we've ever seen, right? Because that's just how it works. Every time that it, Bitcoin seems completely dead, there's no one trading it, smart money steps in, pumps the price, and then you know near the middle or the end of the whole thing, that's when retailers are confident again in, in, in the whole thing, right? It's the whole, it's the whole simplification and bias that you know you sell when others are, are greedy and buy when others are, are stupid, essentially, right? Retailers are stupid. 99% of retailers lose money. Maybe not 99, right? But you get what I'm saying. Smart money always buys when others are fearful. And they always sell when others are greedy. Whenever the retail, the average person is telling you, oh my God, I bought Bitcoin at 60,000. I bought ETH at 5,000. You know, like that is, that is the, that is, should be the, the tickle in your brain to tell you like, okay, I need to be exiting now if I, if I was back in it. 7k or 10k or whatever and now i'm you know i'm exiting it almost a complete 10x 68,000 right but retail does not yeah. dictate the direction of the market retail reacts to the direction of the market and they're almost always late and they're almost always wrong right so they're going to continue that push that, so that that's my thought here is when are the makers actually going to get it moving you know and then is retail going to follow through with continuing you know, like, like you said, you know, towards, you know, how far will the trend go? You know, right. And a lot of time, what the smart money will do is they'll, ne- they'll never just come in all at the same time and buy all at the same time, right? Like they, they push a percentile into the market and then, and then they watch retailers react and they sell off, they take profits. Well, retailers are the ones holding the bags and, you know, they're, oh, it was going up for two days and then it, now it's coming back and I bought near the top. And now I'm just going to sell and try and get a better position. Well, they're selling into exactly the plan and the hands of the smart money, right? Because they come in 
they're, they push that small percentage, they watch the reaction, they, they take profits, and then they, they're waiting to fill in more orders because they know that overall they're bullish now and that retailers are still hesitant on the whole thing. So they're much more willing to like throw their position away and try and catch something better. Well, they're not going to let them catch it. You know, once you're underwater, you very rarely get an opportunity to, to get out if anything, you know, at in, in the green, it's always at break even. If you don't cut your position, now it's just going to turn around again and you're, and you're deeper into the water, right? They always allow you f- for that breath of air because it feels, you know, the emotions, it tickles your emotions. Oh, it's, it's turning around. Oh, they're, they're giving me a breath of air. These guys aren't so bad, even though they're the ones who are trying to drown me, <laughs> right? Those dicks, those monsters. With every every dollar made in this market is is a dollar lost. That's people exactly. forget that too easily. For you to yep. make money, someone else has to lose money, and that's that's the reality of yep. the whole thing. Why it's called trading, you know? It's like people forget that. Uh, yeah, yes. if you made ten dollars, someone else lost ten dollars. It, it's a funny concept, but people forget right. it. You're right. They do, and they just they get too emotionally attached to their ideas and their decisions. Instead of just following the trend of the entire thing, like we we pointed out in the last session, that if you used nothing else but the weekly money flow, and you look and and that's the only thing you used to trade, you would have made four or five trades over the last four years, and you'd be very 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 well off, like better better than ninety nine percent of people trading this space, and that's just one indicator, not using anything else, just looking for. Oh, I get a divergence. I'm out. And now I'm looking to 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 sell and to short. And anything that it continues going up from a weekly bearish divergence, I'm not going to buy again. I'm just going to short or sell more. Like like using that trend time frame as your whole outlook of how you're looking at the space. People just just they they forget that. You know, we had the we had every indication that 68k was our top and that was it and we were and it was turning over we had even a chance we came all the way back to 48k for a converging wave that was your last set opportunity to get the heck out and to and to go short you know and we we were absolutely on the ball with that we were a little hesitant because obviously we thought that the converging wave could have had a secondary step you know, we, we reject off 48, maybe we bounce off 42 or 40, and we go to like 55. It's still a lower high, it's still a converging wave, right? But it never came. And we turned down and we, we re-triple confirmed the weekly back down at 42. That was it. That was the nail in the coffin. Okay, we're probably heading back towards 20K major level support. And that's exactly what we've done. Now we're starting to see bullish weekly divergence at this bottom level, you know, and we have to, we have to believe that the trend is trying to change. We don't have money flow in that macro yet though, turning around, but it's always lagged. It's always, you know, a couple of weeks behind everything else. And just because you're starting to see signs of turnaround doesn't mean it's, it's absolutely for sure turning around, but we're preparing ourselves as we've been talking, starting entries, getting ready for some sort of macro move to the upside is is likely in this region it's not guaranteed but it's very likely and i would much rather be prepared 
and and good to go if you know our previous all-time high is going to act as the new major level support it was you know 30k was acting as key level major support and 20 was acting as major uh just major support in the uh, overall and we're still holding it you know we've we've had like one day of close below 19 so far this whole time we've been down here oh we spiked to 17 yeah but how long did that last four hours eight hours like whoop de doo you know smart money is like laughing at everyone and just be, and again they're making it boring they're making it sad uh it tries to break up oh it failed uh it tried to break up it failed like but they're they're that's what consolidation does they're capitulating they're adding more to their positions in these levels why else would it hold 19 if it wasn't support it would have just flopped through and we've never ever once seen a true break below the previous all-time high we've spiked below it we have we could still spike to 16 or we could still spike to 12 but it's going to be a matter of a day or two below that level and i really truly believe that we need to retest key level support now resistance at around 30 28 to 30 maybe even a bit higher before that occurs just as we did when we went to 20 we came down to 6 we went to 14 or 12 or 14 and we got rejected that's what we're looking for here the same freaking scenario of head up to 28 to 30 if we if we push through we have a much better chance of not coming back down to 19 and then breaking down it may still hold but if we have some sort of crazy world event or china economy collapses whatever russia nukes ukraine you know all these things are going to affect the overall macro of our outlook in probably a bad way right so that's that's what we got to have in the back of our mind it can still go to 12 it can still go to 13 very easily but it it needs to reconfirm that this bear market is not over the s&p has already fallen within the perfect percentile of previous you know bear market percentage drops that is seen in the past right in that 30 to 40 percentile level and to always to get more it's always had to come back up retest reject again just to say okay nope not over not enough buy pressure we're gonna slam through we'll see major you know major smart money taking out positions and then waiting for that next move because they know exactly what i'm saying yeah any any other any other questions no, honestly, you literally nailed so many points there that anything I would have been able to add at this point is like futile and infantile and any other sort of bathroom tile word I can come up with, the word tile. It was uh it was excellent, man. You know, so much detail, much appreciated. Thank you. Um and you know, really in the end it's I think I can probably uh summarize that as think like smart money. Right. And just as you said, you know, be greedy when others are fearful and follow the trend, no matter what the trend is. And hey, we have TC for a reason, you know. Right. I think it's a good, you know, it's a good thing to to go back in your charts. If you guys are listening live on the podcast or you're listening later in the future, go back and look at what happened overall at the last at the highs. You know, we spent a total of 
two months consolidating in the midterm macro along 55 to 60 the first time before we saw a rejection to 30. The second time we got up to the next all-time highs with divergence, how long did we spend in this level? Almost a whole month in that range before we saw the next move. And, you know, as far as times go, we're right in that perfect, like, wow, we've spent how many months now consolidating at this bottom? June, July, August, September, now October, almost five months consolidating between, you know, 19 and, and like 25. I wouldn't even say 25. I would say 19 and 22 because we've only been up there one time. So right in that perfect little, perfect little time. Hell yeah, man. Those wedges, uh, gotta love those wedges, man. I see, I see them working here still. Let's see if they bust. Absolutely. All right, my friends. Uh, we covered a lot today, and hopefully you guys got something great out of this, and you learned a lot. I do have to give everybody a heads up that next week, um, the Monday podcast will be at the normal time. Wednesday, we probably won't have one just because I'm going to be on a flight to Texas. So no podcast on Wednesday. And then the next two, Friday and Monday, um, questionable. We're not sure if we're going to be able to have the time to do so. But we're going to try. They may be at a weird, obscure time. We'll let you know that day, probably more than likely, about when that's going to happen. So, you know, it's going to be kind of a quiet week. Next week, we'll definitely, myself and Jonas, uh, will still be around. Just not, not, as, not as frequent. I won't be able to be at the computer every waking minute. So be aware of that. Um, obviously, if anything changes in the market environment, I'll be sure to put it out in the technical analysis channels. And as always, make sure you guys head over and check out TripleConfirmation.com. Monday, uh, we have the alpha version 2 session as well. So very, very big day for the Triple Confirmation bot and for all the updates that we're bringing you guys with version 2. So be sure to be there for that. If you guys aren't aware how to do that, head over and check out the descriptions in all of our on all of our podcasting sites. There should be a link for the Triple Confirmation Discord in there. Click on that, join the Discord, and join us for that session. Yeah, and with all that said, Jay, again, thank you for being on the podcast today. I appreciate your insight and your information and your questions, as always. Yes, sir. That was a great time, man. Happy to be here. I'll uh, hopefully I'll be uh, a part of future ones, you know, and still introduce me as a, a special bearish guest. But you know, maybe I'll be <laughs> bullish next time, huh? It, I tell you what, you know, it's not my plan to have it be a month, but if it's a month from now, hey, you know, when Lambo, baby, that's all I can say, you know. Because uh, hey, I swear to God, if we're at nineteen thousand in another month, man, like I don't even know what I'm gonna do. Yes, yes. Hopefully, we can turn you back into Giga J, the bullish boy. At some point yeah, soon. Baby. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hopefully you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your weekends. And we'll see you again on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.